0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: From my Cycle spin class, uh, about to jump on and, and host this show, and then now here we are, and we're taking our listeners all the way down to Ponte Vedra, Florida. I used to reside, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but Keith Stewart is joining us, PGA professional, creator of Read the Line. He also has his own weekly radio show on ESPN, 920 AM in New Jersey. Um, so Keith, welcome in. I'm not sure if you, you if, if you know this, but I actually, I lived in Jacksonville for three years. I worked for the PGA Tour. I used to produce a show called uh, PGA Tour, Inside the PGA Tour. Were you aware of that?
2: Uh, I think I've heard that story or, um, you know what, I found it on your Wikipedia page. So I'm up to date.
1: So, so pretty fun. Um, so I, I got to, one of the perks of the job was I got to play Sawgrass. The, the course that they're on right now for cart fees. And so typically what we would do after work is we would ask for the last tee time. And when we would get to 17, we would all throw $25 in the pot and we would tee up 10 balls. And whoever got the most balls on the Island would win the pot.
2: How many times did you win the pot?
1: Yeah, like maybe once it's hard. You've got to shoot darts, dude. Oh, you know that.
2: Uh, it's, uh, well, I don't know how hard it is today, Anita. These guys are throwing darts. I mean, it's literally uh, it's, lawn darts what they're doing.
1: It 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 is. It's unbelievable. So let let's get the folks up uh, up to speed. And so uh, at the top of the leaderboard right now, you've got Scotty Scheffler. He's under. He's three under through four today. Data Golf has him as a forty seven percent three forty seven point three percent chance that he's going to win this bad boy. But a guy that you turned me on to, and I made my best bet last night on Daily Wager to finish in the top 10, is, uh, is Min Woo Lee. He is three under through five. He's nine under on the leaderboard, and so he's tied for second. And so, uh, you know, I, I, thank you, my friend. Thank you.
2: <laughs> how, about the way he, how about the way he started his third round? 112 yards out on the first hole, and he makes an eagle unbelievable start for him and uh, he backed it up with one more birdie and he's keeping pace with scotty right now which is not an easy thing to do
1: no it is not so again eyes and ears on the ground you are there i am watching it on tv weather conditions look absolutely fantastic uh so how is how is this course playing today and what are these guys going to need in their bag in order as, as a lot of times we like to call saturday moving day what do they need in their bag in order to move
2: uh, they're going to need a, like a, a really large U-Haul today because looking at the round three hole location sheet that I grabbed from the PGA Tour early this morning, we've got pin positions on 1, 3, 12, 13, 15. Of course, the par fives, There's about half the holes are extremely approachable. It looks like they wanted some fireworks today, which means tomorrow will probably play a lot tougher. But these pin locations that they have, they wanted to see some low scores today, and they're definitely getting them. If you look at the top of the board, Scotty's four under, Denny McCarthy's five under, Woo Lee's three under, David Lingbert's four under. That's your first four names you see. And uh, when I sit in the media center, there's more circles up on that scoreboard than pars. There's more birdies than pars. So, so they're getting, they're getting a shootout here at Sawgrass, and uh, it's it's a ton of fun to watch. I mean, the place is packed. I was walking around with Cam Young. And Jordan Spieth earlier, I had a vested interest in Jordan for a little top ten ad that I did Friday night, so I was rooting him on. And uh, it was, it's, it is just an unbelievable day for golf down here in uh, Punta Beach, Beach.
1: Again, Keith Stewart joining us live from the Players Championship. You mentioned Cam Young. Uh, a lot of folks might not be aware of this, but his dad is—is uh, is he the head pro o- over at um, Sleepy Hollow? Is what's what's his dad's? position there it's pretty significant though
2: right he he was the director of golf there for decades and he just retired this winter to full-time teach cam um which makes sense if that was my son i would be gone too i wouldn't be dotting scorecards (laughs) anymore and uh (laughs) and uh he uh so i see david with cam and barbara his um his mom or david's wife out here all the time on tour and uh, just a fantastic net golf association family up there And uh, yeah, David, but David had been there forever. Sleepy Hollow. What a place. Um, If you ever get a chance, Anita, or if you've been, I I,
1: I have uh, every year I participate in the uh, broadcasters um, golf tournament and um, broadcasters foundation tournament. And and that's where it's hosted. So I've played it maybe about three or four times only in tournaments, though. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a, a lot of adult beverage. Um, we're playing a scramble. I would love to go up there one day and, and like legit play the golf course. But I always, I tell people it's, it's definitely, it's definitely like top, I'd say top three golf course I've ever played. It's, it's really fantastic. Uh, but before we let you go, I just want to throw out, so Scotty Scheffler, as we know, he's at the top of leaderboard right now at 10 under. Uh, by the way, why did John Rahm withdraw? Ooh, uh, well.
2: He, Do we know? Uh, he had a little upset stomach. Yes, he had an upset stomach. Um, I'm not quite sure that the buffet in the clubhouse was um, secure um, on Thursday night, and uh, it didn't work out for him on Friday morning. So, um, is
1: he is is he the only one that has? Is he the only one that's dealing with stomach issues?
2: Yes, he is. I'm just kidding about the buffet. Uh, okay. It's, uh, no, but he definitely <laughs> had he definitely had stomach issues. I'm sorry, you know me. I'm always joking. But no, it's, that's um, fine. That's fine. No, I just. Yeah, it's a valid question. He was the only one that was sick. Uh, As it turns out, he had had um, a bit of a um, not feeling. He was feeling under the weather coming into the week, and uh, he just couldn't go on Friday. Um, And it definitely was stomach issues, and he he just couldn't pull the trigger. Much like Rory, who's not here for the weekend either. Now, conspiracy theorists will say that they're just trying to show the sponsors and everyone that is a detractor towards these new designated events that see – if we're not here on the weekend, it's not a big deal, but I can tell you, uh, it's a big deal to Scotty Scheffler. Read the line. We had him early in the week, plus 1,100 pre tournament, and um, we're feeling pretty good about life right now.
1: Absolutely. Scotty Scheffler, top of the leaderboard right now at 11 under. He's four under through five today. Minwoo Lee, who Keith turned me on to yesterday, um, I got him to finish in the top 10 at plus 140. He's 10 under. Uh, So he's one shot back. uh, And then you've got Denny McCarthy. Uh, You also have Sanjay M up there at tied for six. Cameron Young tied for ninth. Ben Griffin is a guy that I put money on before the tournament started to finish in the top five and top 10. Sure enough, he's tied for ninth right now. Jason Day, another guy that I liked coming in. He's five under, so he's tied for 12th. Morikawa is tied for 12th as well. Uh, Jordan Spieth is lingering. Gotta love the season that Ricky Fowler is having. So with that being said, Keith, before I let you go, folks listening, you know, the value on, on, on Scotty Scheffler is, is out, the, out the door now, obviously, with him being at the top of the leaderboard. Any other value with anybody else who has impressed you so far that you think will finish in the top five or will finish in the top ten?
2: Ooh, that's a great question right now. Uh, with value, with value. You know, I tell you, um, the way that this golf course is set up today for scoring, he's obviously taking advantage. Keep an eye on Sung Jae M because I believe that when it gets hard again tomorrow, the David Lingmerts and the Denny McCarthys of the world are going to fade, and Sung Jae, he plays difficult golf courses in Florida very, very well. He's got a great track record. Right now, he's plus 210 for a top five to finish in the tournament, and he's, he's playing equal to Ken Young today, if not even better. So I, there's a guy that I would keep my eye on, I saw him hit the ball earlier in the week. He looked like Sung J.M., you know, the machine that he is, Anita. So that might be a place where I would sprinkle something uh, if I was listening right now, and uh, i like to partake.
1: An- another guy that I like, and that's Wyndham Clark. Uh, he started strong. Um, he had birdied three of his first five holes and then, unfortunately, double-bogeyed seven so Wyndham Clark is a guy that I would put some money on some coin on right now. He's three under he's tied for 24th. I would put some money on him that he finishes in the top 20 really quick before we let you go. Keith, what are weather conditions expected for tomorrow?
2: Much of the same. The rain that went through last night uh, has helped with the scoring. They did not use the sub air systems overnight. They they were a little afraid of how the greens got too crispy. Um, Certainly, it, there was a lot of talk yesterday afternoon that if the rain didn't come, that the golf course was going to get out of control. But right now, it's, it's going to be perfect for the weekend. We're going to finish on time, and uh, we're going to have a pretty special players and a shootout. And, um, I mean, I won't be upset if Sheffler runs away with it, but it's tough to do around here. One bad swing, and it brings everybody back in play. So, I think we're going to have a good show, Anita.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for spending some time with us, uh, Keith. Really do appreciate you. Keith Stewart joining us. He's down there right now on the course, Sawgrass at Ponte Vedra for, of course, the players championship and has been so kind to spend 10 minutes with us on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, quick break. We come back. Let's switch gears. Let's talk some Knicks. Let's start getting you ready for this Knicks game later on this afternoon as they're going up against the Clippers, the Clippers two and five, by the way, with uh, with Russell Westbrook now a part of that 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 team, uh, I'm with you until three thirty this afternoon, and then Dan Grossa comes in. He picks up. He does your Jet your your Knicks pregame show. I was about to say Jets. I've got the Jets on my mind. Uh, the Knicks pregame show um, heading into that matchup. Anthony in a mail truck. I see you. You want to talk March Madness? I'll get your call when we get back as well. Nina Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7.
1: A lot going on, right? This is supposed to be the lull time of our, our sports calendar, but uh, I say no, no, no. It is not, my friend. March Madness. um, The Knicks kicking butt and taking names. The Nets winning. How about that? I, I mean, the Nets are win <laughs> Without KD and without Kyrie, can you argue that this is a better team? I don't know. I think they make it into the play-in. Do they win the first round of the play-in or, or the first game of the play-in? Do they get in? Possibly. Do they win the first round of the playoffs? I don't believe so, but uh, nonetheless, uh, really interesting time for, for the Nets. That's for sure. 800 Let's go to Anthony calling in from a mail truck. Anthony, welcome in. Good afternoon.
3: Anita, good afternoon. How are you? I'm big, great, thank big you. Big shout out to the company. I'm I'm glad you're great. Today is not a day that you want to be outside golfing. I'll tell you that. Um, but but in about a month, I'll be out in Scottsdale taking a, <sighs> taking a couple rounds out there. So I'm excited for that.
1: Nice. Um, playing. Yeah, you're gonna play so, Camel. Uh, you gonna play Camel back out there. What are you gonna do?
3: Um, it's for it's for uh, my buddy's bachelor party. So I don't really know oh. exactly where we're going yet. All I know is that we're playing holes, and and I'm excited for it.
1: So I, I will say this: I, I've I've been invited. I've attended um, a few bachelorette parties. I've attended three bachelor parties. Mm-hmm. And I all I have to say is bachelor parties are the way to go.
3: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hands yeah. down! Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, getting back to our uh, March Madness. So my my team and I put uh, I only put I put a hundred dollars on them to win. Uh, they were plus six thousand at the time or plus six uh 6200 I got a Xavier cutting down the nets but I put that down before Fremantle got uh injured for the year so that hurt a lot um but I pivoted and I put a little coin on Kansas to cut down the nets. so I got both of them um you know hopefully one of them takes it uh takes it all um but I just think with this Xavier team um you know, I just think that they're so fundamentally sound. Um, I was talking to Joe Leo about it. Um, he's a big fan of Houston and a, a couple other teams. Um, obviously, Houston being thirty and two, you know they're great. Um, also, uh, I'll leave you with this: um, you're going to have to text Joe Leo uh, a good night text tonight because Iona is going to mop the floor with Marist. And uh, I appreciate you taking the phone call, and you have a great great weekend.
1: Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it. Listen, uh, again, I'm sitting here telling you I love Iona. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Iona. I think Iona um, gets into the tournament, into March Madness, and and I think Iona is really gonna is really gonna make some noise and do some things. Uh, does that mean that they make it to the Sweet 16? I think that's a really good possibility. Do they make it to the Elite Eight? Maybe, maybe. We had Jimmy Patos on not too long ago. Um, he's not so confident. I just, I just love this Iona team. They're going up against Maris. Maris is uh, what, what do we say, guys? What what did I say before fourteen points? Yeah, four, they're getting fourteen points. So, Joe, our producer, is saying lay the wood, lay it. Iona's going to take them to the wood shed. Now I
4: might be biased because I am an alum, but I, I do. I, <laughs> you watched- think?
1: You I've, think you uh, might be biased? Just a little bit,
4: just a little bit. But okay, I've watched. You know, I've watched pretty much all of the season. One thing Anthony didn't mention was the margin of victory was twenty. I believe it was twenty at their place, twenty-seven at our place during the season. So, mm-hmm. the, if you want to lay some coin, take that into consideration.
1: Okay. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Um. Let's switch gears to some NBA. And, and let's talk about what's going on with, of course, the Knicks. And uh, unfortunate that they have lost two straight. And I would imagine that there are Knicks fans out there that that have some concerns in regards to this Knicks team because of uh, Jalen Brunson's um, foot injury. So so again, uh, this Knicks team, and, and, and just full disclosure, I am all in on this Knicks team, even to the point where I actually, I laid money down that the Knicks are gonna represent the East in the championship, and I got that at 25 to one. So right now you can wager that the Knicks are going to represent the East in this year's NBA championship at 25 to one. You could wager that the Knicks are gonna win the championship at 90 to one. I have not gone there. (laughs) But I just, I think at 25 to one, I think there's, there's some really good odds. At the end of the day, I have the Bucks and the Nets, and in the Nuggets, I have the Bucks and the Nuggets. To me, truly representing the East and the West, and I think the Nuggets are going to win the championship this year. That is my ultimate play, but I really love what I have seen from this Knicks team. Right, uh, finally getting a legit point guard in Brunson. I love the addition of Hart. I'm going to share with you some some statistics. In regard to, I know it's a small sample size; it's only eleven games. Uh, but what Hart has done to this Knicks this Knicks team uh, to help them go on that run in regard to their win streak. Again, I understand they lost to the Hornets the other night one twenty two to one one twenty two to one hundred five. Uh, this was a Knicks team; they went eleven of forty from downtown on Tuesday night. Not typically what they do. Obviously, an off night for Julius Randle as well. So I I think that really played a role into why they lost to the Hornets. And then, <clears throat> not sure if you were watching uh, the other night, but uh, the Thursday night, but against the Kings, or was it? Yeah, Thursday night, right? Against yeah Thursday night against the Kings. Man, they look great. Um, really took it down to the I mean, what what a, what a great game that was really took it down to the wide, the wire. Uh, Sabonis to me was just <clears throat> a little too much him walking away with a triple double. There were some opportunities there that unfortunately the, the, uh, the, the Knicks could not capitalize on and some missed shots. Um, but bigger picture here is Jalen Brunson and his foot issue. <clears throat> Sorry guys. I'm dealing with something. I don't know what, um, And nobody knows what exactly the foot injury is for Jalen Brunson. But when you've got a point guard who's averaging 24 points a game, six assists, three rebounds, and playing 35 minutes, and you remove him from the equation, he hasn't played in a few days, tried to play against the Kings, but have allegedly re-injured. And again, we don't have information in regards to exactly what the injury is. We don't know. We don't know what the injury is, unfortunately. Um. But with Brunson, the addition of Hart, again, 11 games. He's averaging 16 points a game, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. He's averaging 20, 29 minutes a game. He really has been a really big difference maker, especially in, 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 in offensive rebounding. This team went from 21st in offensive rebounding to 5th best in offensive rebounding with the addition of Josh Hart to the roster, which is fantastic. So again, we know that the Knicks have lost two straight. It's unfortunate. They still have the fifth best offense in regard to offensive, offensive efficiency <clears throat> in the NBA. The only thing is they are 21st in shooting field goal percentage. That's what's off here. But they're, <clears throat> they're top nine in free throw rate. They're top, they're top nine in turnover rate. And again, they're top nine in offensive rebounding. And they're shooting 51% from behind the arc. This is a very good Knicks team. Okay, love the addition of Hart. I feel that this is a Knicks team that very well, we'll see, maybe they could surpass the Cleveland Cavaliers, get that 4th seed where they will host the first round of the playoffs. We'll see. I think a lot is going to ride on Brunson and what what concerns me, what worries me, the red flag is we don't even know what the injury is. It's not being reported. Nobody knows. It's an injury it's causing him to not play, miss games, miss, not play a lot of minutes, whatever the case. Um, <clears throat> but we don't, we don't know and, and, and not sure if the Knicks know exactly what's wrong. And that's a big concern. So, you know, who, who steps up? You know what I mean? You know, do we, have, do we have the bench? Do we have what it takes to step up um, with quickly and, and, and whatnot to fill that void? I had a conversation with Paul Dettino, who's a very dear friend of mine, huge Knicks fan. Him and I were talking. He said, Jalen Brunson needs to be in the in, in the discussion for MVP. I kind of giggled. And he said, okay, you can giggle, <laughs> Paul. Um, <laughs> he said, but based on the season that Jalen Brunson has had and what he has meant to this Knicks team, and I think Paul's on to something. We all know he's not going to win it. Jokic more than likely is going to win it. If it's not Jokic... The more, then, then it's going to be Embiid, okay, or maybe it's Giannis. Um, but is he deserving to be in at least the discussion? Possibly, possibly, because he definitely has been the straw that has changed the taste of this drink here in New York. That's for sure. As we know, the Knicks getting ready to get back in the wind column. Four o'clock this afternoon, uh, they play the the Clippers in L.A. They're they're on that that West Coast swing. Uh, this Clippers team, they are two and five without Russell Westbrook. They're seventeen and fifteen at home. They're fourteen and twenty three against teams that are above five hundred. This is a very winnable game for the Knicks. This is a very winnable game for the Knicks. That's for sure. Uh, quick break. We come back. Earlier this afternoon, I had Rich Samini who joined me on the program. Um, we are all on pins and needles. We are all checking our phone. Uh, we are we are we are um, constantly looking at Adam the, Adam at 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 Schefter's um, t- Twitter feed to see if there's any news uh, that that is breaking in regard to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Uh, Rich Samini, who has his finger at the pulse of this Jets team better than most, uh, was, uh, was kind enough to bring us up to speed. If you missed that interview, uh, we're going to replay it for you next. Uh, phone lines are open as well. 800 919 Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN.
0: Cashback. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest
5: sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Anita Barks with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN, and Rich Samini joins us. Of course, we know Rich; he does a phenomenal job covering the Jets for ESPN. Uh, Rich, I would imagine that a number of Jets fans are, have their phones locked, like to their hand on their side checking social media for news to break that Aaron Rodgers is coming to New York to quarterback the Jets. So with that being said, what can you tell us? What is the latest?
5: (laughs) It's like it's Groundhog Day. We've been going through this every day for the last uh, seven or so days, it seems like. Or actually longer, if you count going back to his darkness speech. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I think something will happen by Monday. I mean, you heard uh, the Packers president talking uh, out in Green Bay yesterday, saying they fully expect to have a resolution by the start of free agency. The tampering period starts Monday at noon, so you would think uh, something by then. So yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think it's Rogers' call now. Uh, like I've been saying, you know, they we know that the Jets got permission to speak to him and normally and certainly in this case I believe when teams get permission to speak to a player under contract it's because the two teams have already agreed upon uh, a trade compensation, the parameters of a deal which I believe is the case in this case so it's really it's really just Rogers making a decision.
1: So so all right a lot to unpack here obviously let, let let's start with the potential deal right a lot of people feel that it's going to take a first round draft pick uh to to acquire Aaron Rodgers to come here um do you believe the, i just based on what i'm hearing from their general manager I don't believe it sounds to me like that like they like they want they want Aaron gone. So to me, I'm saying like maybe it it won't cost the Jets a first round drop pick. What say you, Rich?
5: Yeah, I don't think it would or should because I mean, as far as there's only one team interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers. So the Jets would be bidding against themselves if they keep on improving their offer. Uh, he's a 39-year-old quarterback. You don't know if he's going to play one year, two years. Uh, I don't think it would be good business to trade a first-round pick, a 13th overall. We're not talking about the 30th or 31st. We're talking the 13th pick for a guy who may only play a year so or, or even two years. So I don't think that would be smart business. Joe Douglas, I think one of his strengths as a general manager is understanding the trading market. He's made a lot of really good trades. In his tenure as GM, I mean, he's the guy who got two first-round picks for a safety and Jamal Adams. So uh, the guy knows how to make good trades, and I don't think he would trade a first-round pick for such a short-term uh, asset in, in a 39-year-old quarterback. I think it could be like a, a – I think it'll be something with a conditional pick. Maybe it's a two this year and a two-next-year or a three-next-year conditional based on uh, individual performance or team performance, I think uh, conditional picks will be part of this trade.
1: Okay, Um, so that's first and foremost. Number two, uh, in regard to Aaron's contract, he signed an extension with the Green Bay Packers. It's a pretty hefty one, uh, but what does that mean for the Jets in regard to their cap space and what the cap hit will be if this deal goes through and Aaron does decide to come here?
5: Yeah, so we all know it's, it's $59 million guaranteed this year under that existing contract. I totally believe that the, the two sides, or three sides, if you count Rodgers, will renegotiate that contract. Uh, I, I think the Jets would like the Packers to eat some of that money, uh, kind of like an NBA trade, You know the, you know, teams eating money, and I also think that will impact the actual trade compensation as well. How much are the Packers willing to eat? And so, let's just say they trade the existing contract. For argument's sake, the Jets would get a. It would have to create a $16 million cap hit for Rogers this year, which is relatively low, of course, for a quarterback of his stature. Really, for any quarterback, $16 million on your cap is a good deal. It's a little complicated how it gets to six million, but the bottom line is. I don't think he would cost any more than $16 million on this year's cap. So the Jets could afford that on this year's cap. They've already renegotiated uh, four contracts in the last few days. Just this morning, uh, Field Yates of ESGN reporting that uh, Uzz- not Uzzama, uh, Tomlinson, Reed, and Conklin all restructured their com- uh, contracts. So by my guess, rough ballpark, I think the Jets have about $20 million in cap room now. So they could certainly afford Rodgers but they still need more money to do business in free agency. I mean, you just can't go into free agency with that small amount of cap room. So I do think the jets will be making more moves in the coming days to get more cap room.
1: I would, so a few things here to, 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 again, to unpack. And that is number one. Um, it sounds to me that the green Bay Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So, and, and, and I think if the jets were to offer this year's two next year's two, as you said, possibly a conditional pick. Okay. I'm on board with that. I think it's really important that the Jets uh, utilize that, that first round pick this year on an offensive lineman. Agreed. Yes?
5: Yeah. I, and uh, it's interesting is which team has the leverage. You know, the Packers, and, you know, the president yesterday, Murphy, pretty much showing his hand that they want Rodgers out of there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but
5: on the other hand, they know that the Jets are fixated on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they know. The Jets' entire offseason is built around getting Aaron Rodgers, so they know how desperate the Jets are. So uh, it's kind of a wash, I think, in terms of leverage. Uh, and, the, and by the same token, the Jets know that the Packers, what are they going to do if there's no Rodgers trade? The pa- you know, they can't. It's, it's such an awkward situation. You can't welcome Aaron Rodgers back to your team when you're clearly committed to Jordan Love as your quarterback. So most uh, teams have are motivated to get this done. And when you get two sides that are motivated to do something, it usually gets done.
1: And, and also I'm going to go one step further and uh, let's just say, you know, Aaron's coming here. He's not retiring. You know, he's coming here to try to win another championship with the jets, top defense, a lot of young and exciting talent here. Um, but obviously you need to improve the offensive line. So uh, as you said, it's, it's not just two parties, it's three parties renegotiating a deal. That's going to free up some more cap space for the jets, because I think they need to do more rich right than just uh, the draft. I think they need to go out in free agency and improve this offensive line. Or, or are there some uh, free agent offensive linemen out there that you think that the jets are targeting?
5: Well, they need a center They right now, as we speak, they don't have a center on the roster. Um, so that would help. Uh, Connor, the <laughs> center for the last three years is, is uh, going to free agency. Uh, kind of doubt that he'll be back with the jets i think they're going to look at the center market i think they'll sign a veteran center and also look to a draft one as well there's some decent centers in the draft there are no centers worthy of a first round pick this year but if you look in the second and third rounds there's probably four or five centers that could go there and so i think the jets will will double down on that position with a free agent or uh you know, Jake Brendel from San Francisco is not a household name, but he started every game last year for the 49ers. And uh, I think he has some interest in the Jets. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's mutual, but I know he's interested in the Jets. So maybe a guy like him, and then you draft a center. So need another offensive tackle, as you mentioned, but they can get that with the 13th pick, I think. You can draft a guy like a Paris Johnson or, or uh, Pete Skoronsky from Northwestern, who may, who probably will be gone by then. but um Broderick Jones from Georgia, probably around with the 13th pick. He's a popular guy for the Jets in mock drafts. So, yeah, I think the Jets will be doubling down on their offensive line in both free agency and the drafts.
1: Rich Sumini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, now that we got all the particulars out. You know, I had Rob Demosky on, on my show. I was filling in for Dan Grasa, I want to say, on Thursday night, and, and Rob was, was kind enough to join me. And I asked him, you know, I said, if if, if Roger's coming, th- this is a very young um, roster, especially on the offense, right? Like, and, and we've seen them invest in a lot of talent in and whatnot. You know, I asked Rob, I, I said, do you have a concern if, if Aaron, he comes here and is just like, I don't, you know, like it's it's not my job to mentor and coach these young players. And Rob said, "Yeah, that's an issue. That's how he was here. Like, you know, he's just like, you're in the NFL now. Like, it's not my job to babysit. That that's a concern for me. I, and 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 I and I know that you know Woody and in and, and the crew flew out to uh, the West Coast to meet with Aaron. I would imagine that that was something that was discussed. Wouldn't, wouldn't you imagine, Rich?"
5: Oh, for sure. In fact, if I were the Jets, I would say, look, Aaron, if we do this, I want you to be part of the offseason program, even the voluntary part. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of years, he hasn't been doing that in Green Bay. Uh, like, if we take you on, we would like you here on April 15th. I- I'm just using that it's around April 15th uh, to come here and be with us for the entire off-season. You know, he's got to start building chemistry with all these young guys. And learn the offense. Although he's probably he's got a pretty good handle of the offense anyway. He obviously knows the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay. But there are still other relationships that need to be formed, and chemistry needs to be formed. And so I that would be I would insist upon that if I were the Jets. And so I don't know where Rodgers is on that. But yeah, it is a concern. I was I was covering the Jets when Favre came in, and he was kind of different the rest of the guys. He was basically the same age as Rodgers. And, you know, there really wasn't a lot of camaraderie between him and the other players. He just did his thing. They did their thing. And it worked for 11 weeks. They were 8-3, so you can't say the chemistry was bad. The season turned bad when when Farb's arm got hurt. So, yeah, I think chemistry is always a concern. Is to come in here and be invested. I I think of a quote that Bill always used to say, when you start thinking about your retirement, you're already retired. So uh, it's a question I would like to ask Aaron Rodgers in a press conference. If you're thinking this long and hard about retirement, I mean, are you totally 100% invested in this team? So th- these are questions that need to be answered in- in for sure.
1: Last one before I let you go, and and that is, you know, organizational culture. Rich, you've been you've been covering this Jets team for quite a while, right? Obviously, the Green Bay Packers and the fact that they don't have like a true quote unquote owner. Right. Um, Just the organizational culture is different. And that's all that Aaron knows on top of the media and and, and how we operate here. You know, how do you feel that that Aaron is going to gel? All he knows is is Green Bay. Right. Granted, yeah, I know it's just it's during the season, out of season. He's living in Malibu. He's traveling. I'm not saying that he's not a worldly person, but in regard to work, Um, it's a different organizational culture. What you know about Aaron Rodgers and what you know about the organizational culture of the Jets, how do you think that's going to mesh?
5: I think it's very difficult for a player later in his career, a guy who's been on one team his entire time, to make that change. I don't think that's specific to Aaron Rodgers' player. Football players, and I think athletes in general, are just such creatures of habit. And when you change that, And especially, I think back to the Tom Brady, you know, I mean, he spent 20 years in New England, he goes to Tampa, and it was hard. I mean, let's not, yeah, they won a Super Bowl the first year, but after about 12, 11 or 12 games, that team was struggling. Uh, They were on the verge of falling out of the playoff race because he was not gelling in that Bruce Arians' offense. It wasn't until that bye week, I think it was in November, where they had to like, a, a come to Jesus meeting with the coaches and Brady, and they basically revamped the offense to suit Brady. And it was then that they went on their winning streak all the way through the Super Bowl. So, yeah, even Tom Brady was struggling in a new environment with a new offense. So, yeah, I, it is really, really hard for a guy who's 39 years old who's been in one place for 18 years to pick up and go somewhere else and, and do it. You know, you saw it with Matthew Stafford, though. I mean, he did it. He went from Detroit to L.A. and won a Super Bowl. Uh, so there have been cases where it's done. There's also been a lot of cases where it hasn't been done. So that's what's so fascinating about this, this experiment, if it happens.
1: Great stuff, Rich. Really do appreciate you. Uh, once you let the folks know, how can they find you, your, uh, your podcast as well? Because uh, once this breaks, boy, uh, you're going to be the most wanted man in town.
5: Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, we, we we'll discuss it on a podcast, uh, Flight Deck. You can get it on anywhere you get your podcasts and uh, and espn.com and and at Rich Salini on Twitter and you know just keep refreshing. You know, it's I do think something will happen here by Monday. And uh, if I had to bet right now, I know you you like to do betting stuff, Anita. But if I had to bet, I'd say Rogers probably becomes a Jet. But, again, this is an, he's a very material personality, and you just never know with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, it, it, will be, it, will, it will be interesting to see what unfolds in the next 48 hours. Rich, thank you so much. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. All right.
5: Have a good weekend, and yeah, take
1: care. Rich Sumini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, lots unpack, a lot to digest right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: We're monitoring, of course, all things social media, waiting for the Aaron Rodgers news to break. And uh, and Joe uncovered this. Dun dun Go ahead, Joe.
4: From Tom Palacero at 2:23 Eastern time, he said, despite <laughs> the report to the contrary, Packers and Jets do not have a trade. They're still awaiting word of Rodgers. Once that happens, and Rodgers does say he wants to go to New York, then they will hammer out a deal.
1: So that is the latest. Uh, so, uh, you know, a, a lot of reports out there, you know, nothing's a done deal until the John Hancock is on the paper. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. <laughs> did you did you hear the dramatic pause? Um, Ira, welcome in. How you doing?
6: Uh, good, good. You know, I tell you, I remember when Antonio Winfield came over to the Jets I think he was with the Vikings at the time, and it was supposed to be a done deal, and they were in the at the old facility, and he had his wife there. The wife was wearing the Jet Winfield jersey, and all of a sudden the Vikings uh, landed nearby, and the two of them got on a helicopter, and the Jets lost them. So you're right. The two of the things signed, it's not a done deal. But I tell you, and I think we both agree, this has nothing to do at all about Rogers' ability. I just think... This is going to be a one-year, and, and he's done. I mean, I, how they got in bed with a guy who can't commit to this. Forget about it, two years. He can't commit yet to this year. It, 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 it just – this just reeks of Rudy Johnson, one of the star power, great quarterback, and if it's a one-year deal, so be it. And you know what? It'll be fun to watch him play for a year if he does become a Jet, but the end of the day – this is such a bad thing for, for this organization stability-wise because if they don't win or at least get to an AFC championship next year, then they're going to be scrambling around not only for maybe a quarterback, for maybe a GM and a head coach next year if things don't work out.
1: Here's the thing, Ira. Um, if they go out and, and they do this deal with Aaron Rodgers, okay, um, I, I just... I don't think this is going to be a one-year deal, right? Like, like I, I don't, I don't think, future. I don't think the Jets are going to give up. You know, whether it's it's you know, two twos, whatever, two and, and, whatever. and whatever. I don't think the Jets are going to give that up for a one-year deal. Yeah, okay. but this
6: guy's such a flake. How do you bank on that? This guy seems a type of guy. Like, and God bless him, he he walk away from forty, fifty, sixty million dollars the following year if he doesn't want to play. It seems like it doesn't matter to him. He's going to do what's best for him, and then good for him. But to to get involved with somebody like this, I just I don't know, man. It just it turns my stomach. It it really does. Like I said, it'll be fun. They'll win their twelve games. Hopefully, they get to an AFC title game, but. What are you gonna do? Take a, oh, I, I just I don't see this guy giving the Jets two years. I just don't. I I hope I'm wrong.
1: We'll see what happens. You know, Ira, I remember you calling in. You were you were just you were all in on Zach. You're all in on Zach Wilson, but uh, you just you're not you're not feeling this Aaron Rodgers thing, are you?
6: No, and it's not. It has nothing to do about the football football ability it's when somebody has one foot out the door for retirement whether it's football whether it's teaching whether it's a lawyer whatever it might be then you're half gone already so you may come in and you may perform your job but there's no future
1: i hear you i hear you ira listen there's pros here's the thing and thanks for the phone call there's pros and con there's pros and cons in regard to you know all that's happening here with the, with the Jets and the potential, um, you know, addition of Aaron Rodgers, right? So uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how this all unfolds. Again, we had Rich Samini on today. Connor Rodgers is reporting one thing. Pelissero is reporting another. Here's 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 what I do believe, and we heard from the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, and it's evident. He wants something finalized by the fifteenth, and I would imagine that that's what the Green Bay Packers are communicating to Rodgers. Listen, let's 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 you know let's not do what you did last year. Um, <clears throat> let's make a decision and let's stick with it. And I would imagine that, that you know that and and Rich said he thinks we will hear something um, by Monday. So we're on top of it right here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Quick break. We come back. Joe Wiz joins us next.